Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. Free Odyssey app. The workday is coming to an end. It is 5 o'clock. I will see you all tomorrow. But Quinn and Chris are just getting started. Sports talk it is. Your hosts, Tony Quinn Jr. I could like I could like visualize it. Like he's doing he's right literally there. stuffing his own dumpling. <laughs> and Chris Ello. You're a 49er fan and you want to be champions, but you're not. It's time to get you up to speed on all things sports. Yes! 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 With plenty of nonsense in between. Oh, look! Here comes our fearless producer! Gwen and Chris starts right now on 97.3 The Fan. Into the happy hour we roll. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris L.O., Matt Scraby here at La Costa Canyon High. Big matchup tonight, 7 o'clock. Torrey Pines versus LaCosta Canyon, second and third, respectively, in the conference. And uh, this is probably my favorite part about coming out to the schools. We get a chance to sit down with both head coaches. We'll start with the home team, LaCosta Canyon. Coach David Castle joins us here on Gwen and Chris. Coach, how are you? Thank you for coming to join us. Outstanding. It's, uh, it's a privilege to have you guys here. We're, we're really excited, so thanks for coming out. Let's talk about uh, your year a little bit. You guys are second in the conference right now, um, having a pretty good season, 15-11 and 11 overall. This is, a, this is a rivalry matchup, so you can pretty much throw out any predictions uh, when it comes to these type of matchups. Yeah, for sure. We, we, we've had, a, we've had a, a great season. We've played you know, the toughest schedule in San Diego, so we feel like we've been tested, battle-tested. We get to this time of year, we're hoping that's going to pay off. And, you know, when you have – Someone like this coming in, that's, that's really good as well. You know, you talked about we're top of the conference, all, both of us, and both, you know, in the county, in the open division, we're right there as well. So um, this is a great test. It'll, it'll prepare both teams, I think, for that next step in the playoffs. And it's just a great atmosphere and exciting rivalry. So we're ready to go. Coach, you talked about the atmosphere and, uh, you know, Friday night, high school basketball, packed gym. How do you get your kids to relax and focus on the job at hand and not get caught up in all the hype? I I've always been amazed that young high school players are able to perform at such a high level under such circumstances that would make most of the rest of us pretty nervous. Yeah, I got to say it is uh, it is impressive to watch these young guys do it. And, 
you know, we just try to focus on what we need to do inside the lines. I mean, of course, everybody's heart's pounding and, and, and going and all that kind of stuff. But I think once the ball goes up in the air, it's just a game. Um, but it is super special. I mean, the, the atmosphere in this rivalry with the chance going back and forth between the crowds. I mean, I've been so lucky to have uh, this rivalry in my life over these years. I mean, I just I can't tell you how exciting it is. And um, so it, it's a special experience for the kids to be part of this game tonight. Now, Coach, you know, this is your 24th season here. Um, basketball has changed a lot in, in those 24 years. As a coach, as you've seen the game evolve where it is now, what do you think has been the most difficult part of, of maybe changing your style to kind of fit as the kids have changed, as the style of play has changed? Well, I, you know, I'll just say that some a lot has stayed the same, and, and there has been a number of, of, of changes, of course. I think kids want direction. You know, they mm-hmm. want they, – ultimately they crave organization, direction. Um, they, respect, they respect discipline. Um, that's always been true. That, yeah. that hasn't changed. Um, what maybe has changed a little bit is is how social media has affected things in terms of how everyone thinks and kids for sure these kids have grown up in that world right. so everything's online um you know it, when i first started my career you know if something happened no one really knew about it unless it was in the newspaper right. you know and if you got right. your name in the paper you're kind of fighting for that today you know every team kind of micromanages its own social you know its own its own publications you know and right. through twitter and, and instagram and so um, plugging into that and then, and then also being able to communicate with kids uh, using those tools um, is different. You know, where in the, back in the back in the day, I might have had a conversation. Um, it might might be that I'm, I'm sending a, you know, a message to a player. Or we're putting something on social media because we know that's going to give them the feeling we want them to have. Um, and so you have to approach things just a, a slightly different way um, and also be aware that the social media stuff might be impacting the way they're thinking about the game. Right, right. And so you kind of got to see around corners sometimes with players on those kinds of things. And know that in, in, in today's day and age, a kid makes a mistake, and it's not just a one and done and it happened during the game and it's forgotten about. It's probably on the Internet somewhere and being yeah. reposted a few times. So there's a lot that goes into it, but trust me, it's fun. It's always been fun. Coach, uh, you talk about the changes in the game of basketball, and the, and and then the, then there's the changes in terms of young men growing up in a neighborhood, and eventually growing old enough to go to La Costa Canyon High School. That's probably the way it used to be. Now there are some kids like that, but there are other kids transferring schools, going in and out of neighborhoods, going in and out of districts. How do you manage that? And is there part of you that kind of just liked it the way it was back in the old days? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to get old, Coach Castle, on that one. I, I, I absolutely love the days when, you know, it was like your school is X size. That means you're going to play X size schools in the playoffs. And, 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 yeah, the kids just went down the street and went to their school. So I, I, I'm an old man yelling at the cloud on that one. I know that's not the way the world works anymore. Um, and so kids kids transfer, and we're just a reflection of society. You can kind of look down. Yeah. You look up at, at other, you know, I go back to the dream, whatever that team was called when LeBron went to Miami, and it, I feel like it, at that point things started to really shift around and change, and there's not maybe the greatest sense of loyalty that there always used to be. But um, So that is hard on me, I'll, I'll admit that. But uh, we'll, we'll just, you, you know, you got to just change with the times. You got a, an interesting story on your team. Two weeks ago uh, you get handed a jewel in, in, in a 6'10 height of West Smith joins your team just tell us a little bit of how that happened that's a that's a very unusual way to have a get a guy on your team so west was a freshman played jv with us then and so he had basketball in his background but he he you know he volleyball is where his you know he's always going to have his you know his 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 best sport so he went fully in on that um and i've i've checked in with him every year try to pull him back to basketball <laughs> um 
but couldn't do it. And he made the USA Junior Olympic Volleyball team. They went down to Cuba, won a gold medal. So he was really busy in the fall. He was really going to do it this year. And then when that USA uh, national team thing happened, he kind of just couldn't do it from a time uh, you know, perspective. And so sort of lost track of him. And then, yeah, literally just two – it's actually been two and a half weeks ago. He came and he's like, Coach, can I watch film with you guys? And I said, sure. So he came and watched film. And then he went down and he got in our stretch circle. And I was like looking at my assistants going, what's he doing? And they didn't know. <laughs> And I'm like, we don't need a distraction right now. So I'm ready to kick him out. But one of my assistants is like, Coach, he's 6'10". I'm like, okay. So we, we let him run up and down a few times, and he looked pretty good. And then by the end of that practice, I think he had like three tomahawk dunks on our first team. And I was like, well, okay. And so I went over to him. I'm like, Wes, you, you want to do this thing for the, for the long haul? And he said, absolutely. I'm committed, Coach. Let's do this. And so uh, it's the weirdest thing to, to, you know, you have a lot of things going on there. One, he can certainly help your team. Two, he hasn't been there through everything with the entire team. And that's respect to the guys that have been is a tough thing to, to, to deal with. Yeah, and so yeah. that was not, that was not an easy thing. And, you know, we've mulled over a lot of potential, you know, things with that. And ultimately came down to the fact that he, he could help our team and, and he came to practice and continually improved and, and has, and has worked his way up and has really helped our team be better. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, so here he goes. He's a starter now. Coach, without uh, being critical at all or, or, or taking for granted anything the kids did 24 years ago when you first started, how much better are these kids talent-wise now than they were then? I, I, you know, I've been in the game in the, in the San Diego area as a referee for the last 15 years, and I've just seen incredible growth in how good these players are, their ability to handle the ball, their ability to make shots, their ability to, to you know, just run the X's and O's of the game and uh, I, I know that they put an incredible amount of time into it and effort, and the coaches do too, but how much better are kids now, and how much better is San Diego basketball as a whole? Well, well, first off, there, there's a huge exception sitting right across from me. Uh, I actually coached <laughs> against Mr. Gwynn here when he was in high school. So, so I, I, you know, I feel like you're trying to set me up just a little bit for that, on that question. No, I'm so not. I'm going to say there's one big exception sitting across from me, but you're right. Uh, you know, I think in general – We've, we've done a, greater, a much better job of, of evolving all the facets around uh, youth development. That will be skill development. Club programs have really improved, and, and kids have such great opportunities to play, play a lot more, play at high levels. Um, and the athleticism has continued to improve. And so I think that's what you're seeing when you see all that you know, fruition uh, of a better high school game where kids are super skilled. They can really make, they can make tough play and shots and things that you wouldn't have seen years ago. I mean, I can remember growing up and going, when Michael Jordan drove in a lane and dunked in f- on a five-on-five five situation, that was a huge deal. And then I, we're progressing now, and we're just like high school kids are doing that. And, right. and people are, people are kind of clapping for that, but not even like coming out of their seats, you know, uh, necessarily. So there's, there's been a huge change. No doubt about it. Well, Coach, we know you got to get your team ready for this ball game. We certainly appreciate you coming by and spending some time with us. Good luck tonight, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Thanks, my man. Appreciate you guys. Coach David Castle there, LaCosta La Canyon Hoops head coach, uh, joining us there. He's got to get ready for this game. Um, certainly a, a big one tonight. Torrey Pines, we'll have Coach John Olive on next. Uh, Chris, dude, we, 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 this is our second game we've done. And the answers are, are very similar when it comes to how much this game has progressed in the city of San Diego. It, it just seems like, as you said, the ability of shot-making ability, the ability to, to just athleticism overall, the skill level has improved so much in, in this area. So you, you assume that's like that across the country. Yes, it's, it's gotten to twice as good, twice as fast. And I must tell you, Tony, as an official – 
I haven't gotten twice as good and twice as fast. <laughs> so, you know, it, it makes it that much more difficult for us to keep up with these kids uh, racing, racing up and down the floor. I mean, every now and again, I feel like I got to call a traveling violation just to catch my breath. And, you yeah. know, the kid may not even travel. I just got to catch my breath. I mean, these guys are going up and down so quickly. And, you know, they, they, they run so many different offenses. They have so many plays and and then they go up and make shots and steals that you that they never would have made before uh you know you have to be careful uh when you're trying to you know referee one of these games because something you saw 10 years ago was going to be a foul now the kid doesn't touch the other kid and he steals the ball and you're like how did he do that i mean you know you would have you would have anticipated a foul many years ago so uh i'm just really impressed i i'm I'm blown away with how good these guys are. I know that they have to, you know, they play year round. I mean, there's there's not the same. I mean, you were a two sport guy, Tony, maybe three, uh, you know, back when you played. I don't know how much, you know, your your dad yeah. was special, obviously, but and, and you're a great athlete. But I, I don't know how well you would have been able to do both sports back when you played, as opposed to trying to do it now, because. You know, they play so much summer ball now, so much basketball's year-round, so is baseball. You you really have to have the cooperation of, of, to play multiple sports now, you have to have the cooperation of of your coaches on on whatever the sports is. Uh, In terms of the the summer ball, travel ball, that's where it probably becomes most complicated, right? Because let's say you're a basketball, baseball guy, both of those have summer you know, summer travel team. So um, yeah. how you divvy up that time can be a, a little difficult at times. So uh, it, it's, this game is going to be a good matchup for all those reasons uh, we just talked about. Right, let's get to break. When we come back, we'll have the Tory Pines head coach. John Olive will join us next here on Going to Chris. Here's some traffic. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
519 on the clock. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ello, Matt Scraby. This hour is sponsored by 5-Hour Energy. Visit 5hourenergy.com. Remember college? 5-Hour Energy got you through. The energizing feeling that you relied on back then still works today. Rediscover 5-Hour Energy. I'll get, it'll get you through again. Visit 5hourenergy.com. Our next guest um, has been doing this for a long time, including my time in high school. And uh, the team that he's manning today, the Torrey Pines Falcons, has always been greedy, gritty. Uh, and it's because of this gentleman. John Olive joins us, head coach of the Torrey Pines Falcons. Coach Olive, thank you for joining us. How are you today? Oh, good. Fantastic. It's really neat that uh, you guys are spending time promoting high school athletics. It's uh, great for our community. Yeah, no, this is uh, this is a passion of mine's and Chris's and uh, big matchup here, a rivalry as we like to call it here in San Diego, one of the bigger rivalries. Uh, as I said before, you could throw whatever predictions out the window. You guys sit in third conference having a good season again. Uh, this team is always gritty as far as I can remember. Uh, how's the season been going for you guys this year? You know, we have uh, beaten most of the teams we probably should have beaten. Um, there are a lot of good teams we've played. We've played a lot of high-caliber competition from the Bay Area, from other parts of the country, and uh, haven't won as many of those as maybe we would have liked to. But uh, a couple of them we lost at the buzzer. So I'm just happy the kids are uh, playing hard and um, enthusiastic about uh, their teammates and uh, getting ready for, obviously, the last game of the season and uh, a great rivalry with LCC. Coach, you talked about some of those close losses. I know one of them you lost at the buzzer to St. John Bosco <laughs> because I officiated that game, and if there was just one call that I would have made in your favor, you might be sitting there with another win right now. So I want to send out an apology my out your way, but uh, I really enjoyed working your game. I don't get to do North County teams very often as a San Diego referee, but uh, I had a great time, and it was all part of your Torrey Pines tournament, which is – Really something special, yeah. Coach, and uh, it's come such a long way, and uh, you really deserve to be commended for it. Well, that was our goal, is to, was to uh, you know just uh, increase the awareness of uh, athletes here in San Diego to uh, um, obviously make the teams better by playing high-level competition and our kids realizing what they have to do to be able to succeed at that level. And if you would have been on the baseline and maybe blocked that prayer that went in at the buzzer, that would have been a big help, Chris. <laughs> Coach, know, let's, talk about, let's talk about the Torrey Pines tournament because that was, I know, going back to, to my sophomore year in high school, that was one of the, that is the premier tournament here in San Diego. Just talk about the idea and, and what, how it came about, how it's evolved till now. Well, uh, I uh, started at Torrey Pines uh, in 97, so a long time ago. And the tournament had already been, been going on for a couple years. A small, uh, yeah. you know, maybe 16 teams or so. But, you know, high-level competition uh, as well. And um, as I said, our goal was to, to make it bigger and better and to um, help San Diego basketball. And now we're at the point where we have 80 teams every year, five wow. different sites, 16-team uh, brackets, uh, and uh, it gets a lot of recognition and I think uh, just promotes uh, San Diego high school basketball. Coach, do you have people calling you from around the country that want to bring their kids to that tournament now? Is it, and how do you select which teams to, to take into your tournament? Because it's, it's become you know, really one of the special places to be around the holidays for high school kids. 
a variety of ways, Chris. People do call us. We just got a call from uh, a very good uh, high school, probably the number one team in Wisconsin next year, that called to ask about attending the tournament. Uh, so we do get calls, and then we, we solicit people to come. I mean, we've made calls to some of the best schools back east each year and see if we can entice them to come out. And then there are teams that uh, you know have us in their rotation every couple of years they come and there's others that come every single year so there's a variety of ways that we get the teams to come coach john olive tory pines head coach of the hoop team joins us here on the premier chevrolet of carlsbad fan hotline coach olive um one of the things that i remember about your teams was was how gritty they were no matter uh where the way where they fell on the athleticism line you knew that it was going to be a hard-fought game no matter who you had on your team. Is, does that still remain to be true with the group you have this year? Thank you, Tony, because uh, <laughs> that's something that we strive for. I mean, we're going to play as tough and as hard as we can. If we're not as skilled as the other group and they beat us, we feel good about our effort. And, and uh, as I mentioned to you earlier off the air, it's not about wins and losses for me. It's about how can I get this group that's in front of me to play its very best, and what do I need to do to put these kids in the best positions possible to be successful. And uh, if we all do that, then I'm very happy after whatever the, the record is. I asked Dave about this, uh, La Costa Canyon, because he's got the home game tonight, Coach, and, and you guys have a great home court advantage in your gym. But how do you prepare your kids to go into a, quote, hostile environment on a Friday night of high school basketball? The, the, I'm always amazed, uh, you know, officiating games on a Friday night at the kind of level these kids can play at, because if they're half as nervous as I am out there, it's pretty remarkable <laughs> what they can still do. Well, I think the number one thing is to put them in that situation as often as possible um, so that they get accustomed to it. And uh, the more you're involved in that type of thing, honestly, it, it kind of just background noise after a while. If you're really focused in on what you're doing, uh, after the game's over, you remember the noise and, and things like that, but it was just kind of a background buzz, and you're just into what you're supposed to be doing and, and focused on uh, you know the plays that are called or the defenses that are called. Coach, you, you've, you've been here for a while. 97 was your first year at Torrey Pines. Uh, I remember there being a, a slight chip on a lot of San Diego hoopers in terms of going up north and facing those teams, whether it was L.A. or even in Northern California. Um, it seems like the gap has closed significantly now with the, the type of talent we have here in San Diego versus L.A. and up north. How have you seen it evolve from 97 when you started till now? I agree. Um, I mean, just uh, we uh, beat Fairfax High School from yeah, L.A. early yeah. this year. I mean, how many times do San Diego teams in the past uh, beat a team like Fairfax, one of the premier programs in the city of L.A.? Um, you know, again, I think the tournament's had something to do with it. I think that um, the level of coaching uh, in the county has really increased over the year. The, um, the outside um, – off-season mm. uh, basketball skill development has really improved and more and more of our programs are now playing those type of teams in orange county uh, uh in la or out of state and uh, the more we have played against them and the higher level of play that uh, our county has produced uh it, we've just gotten better 
for all of those who've been listening to the show today and hopefully are going to come out and try to get into the pack gym and see Tory Pines against La Costa Canyon. Uh, Coach, what are the keys tonight to, for a Tory Pines victory? Score one more point than that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair enough key. answer. <laughs> Well, Coach, we know you got to get your team ready for this ball game tonight. We certainly are, appreciate you being so gracious with your time. Good luck tonight, and uh, we'll see how this thing falls. Thank you so much, guys. Coach John Olive, Torrey Pines head coach on the premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. And uh, Coach Olive has been here, as I said, for quite a bit of time. I had the pleasure of playing against his ball clubs. Uh, you usually came out of those games being a little bruised up. Like they didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. always the most athletic, but they certainly were going to make you earn every bucket you got. I imagine that's what LaCosta Kane's in for tonight. It's going to be a good game. I mean, he, they're both great coaches. I, I, I've had the pleasure of refereeing both their teams over the years at least once. It's not, like I said, I don't get a lot of North County games, but uh, they play the game the right way. They play the game hard. They execute their offense. They execute defensively. They don't give you anything, and that, that speaks yeah. for both teams. So it's going to be a lot of fun tonight. And the one thing I wanted to say about Coach Olive there is uh, as we're walking off the floor together after he lost that game to St. John Bosco in December by one point, and it was a last-second pretty miraculous shot that the kid hit for St. John Bosco. I know he was disappointed to lose, but the first thing he said to me was, Chris, thanks a lot. Make sure you say hi to Tony for me as he was going off the floor. So he's a class guy all the way. Yeah, he seemed like that. Whenever I got in contact with him, Chris, um, he he actually – I texted him, and he said that uh, – Coach Olive, this is – he said that he need, I needed to call him. I, I didn't – he didn't want to text. And so I knew he was business when he said I needed to call him. Yeah, as, as he said, Coach Olive is, is old school. You know, yeah. he, he don't want to do the texting thing. He wants to have a, an actual real conversation. And you know what I did? <laughs> I called him. Yeah, I bet you did. I called him real quick. <laughs> Coach Olive asked you to call. You better call. Oh, Thanks. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My boy's great. More and more people coming by here at LCC. We're about to go to break. Let's get to break. Uh, when we come back, if you missed our interview earlier this week with Annie Halbrum, you're in luck. You get a chance to hear it again. It was a great interview right after Fan Fest, which I think by now everybody knows was an absolute success. Uh, stay on alert. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Final segment here at LaCosta Canyon High School. Matt Scraby. Tony Wood Jr. here at La Costa Canyon. Chris Ello in San Jose, California. Probably just checking up on the Sharkies, I would believe. I would believe that he is uh, going there looking at the tank. <laughs> is this Chris yeah, we're talking about? Yeah, I didn't want to do yeah. the show today. Yeah, because I had to do a shark game. I think we're close <laughs> to the shark tank. I think I saw the building on the way in here. Oh, very nice. Well, we're going to get to Annie Halbrun and what she to had to say to us earlier in the week. But <laughs> very Chris, we nice. need to do our... What? No, your Hello? response was just very nice. I thought that was funny. I'm here. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, I, I was like, what am I? What's happening here? But no, we're going to get to Annie in just a second. But Chris, we have the Super Bowl pick'em. So take us away. Yeah, Tony Gwynn Jr. is going to win the uh, postseason uh, pick'em uh, contest. Uh, we've done all 12 games leading up to the Super Bowl, and Tony's done a nice job on his. Uh, Postseason Thank you. picks. He's nine and three. Thank you very much. And uh, he's got third. He's got thirty-one points. Uh, Scraby, you and I can't catch him. Uh, we're both seven. So what and are we five. doing here then? <laughs> uh, you, well, we're doing our picks just because it's you got to pick the Super Bowl. I mean, you got to finish it out. Loss, See, this is typical right? Scraby. He wants to quit because yeah. he can't win. He, he's, yeah. yeah. He There's can't no point. win, so he wants to. I, so, so you know what? Tony and I will do our picks, and Scraby will yeah, just sit we'll leave by Scraby the, out of this. Sit oh, on wait, the sidelines. <laughs> Oh, now you want to do it. All right, <laughs> yes. Scraby. Well, I, we, already, we already know who you're picking for the Super Bowl because you can't pick the Eagles because they beat the 49ers. So that's your reasoning, yeah. the Chiefs? Uh, the right, Chiefs and also I do believe that Patrick Mahomes has magic that, that they – Here, I was thinking about this real quick. Yeah, give it to us, Scraby. The Chiefs have been there and tried to get there and tried to win multiple times. And sometimes in the stage of a team, they need to lose before they win. And so I think that the Chiefs and all their experience in the postseason is going to be what takes down the Eagles. Ah, I see. Tony doesn't sound like he I'll go it. next. Okay. I'll leave it for the champ to go last. But um, I think if you've been listening to me this week, you probably can figure that I'm going to pick the Chiefs. Uh, uh, I, I don't feel incredibly strongly about it, but uh, I think the difference in the game was going to be the Super Bowl experience of Patrick Mahomes over the yeah. lack of Super Bowl experience for Jalen Hurts. Um, Isn't that what Philadelphia... you said and you guys poo-pooed? Yeah, similar, bit? very similar. Okay. Uh, I'm just right. giving my reasoning. It just didn't, it just didn't sound as good you. as it sounded from Chris. It, yours, <laughs> yours sounded like it was an amateur. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But I definitely could see this game going either way. Uh, the Eagles could just dominate the Chiefs the way they've dominated everybody else. But I don't see Patrick Mahomes letting that happen to him in a second Super Bowl like he did a couple years ago against Tampa Bay. So yeah, I'll take I, I the Chiefs as well. Yeah, I don't see how you can pick against Patrick Mahomes at this point. I mean, he beat the Bengals, a, a team that, quite frankly, probably was healthier and a, a, a little bit better. Uh, then the Chiefs, Mahomes helped them beat uh, the Bengals really on one ankle. And so uh, for that reason, um, I think Andy Reid is going to put together a masterful game plan um, against a, a, a former coach that was under on the staff that he fired 
uh, I think after one year uh, being with him, when he came to Kansas City, um, I, I just I, I find it hard to pick against Patrick Mahomes in this one. So I also will take the Chiefs. A clean sweep for our show on the Chiefs, and we'll all come back here Monday probably licking our wounds. But uh, there we have <laughs> I hope it. Not. Yeah, I by, by the way, Chris, you, you you said you don't feel good about it. I think that's how that's what a good matchup in the Super Bowl should do. You shouldn't feel like no, I agree. great about a pick. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, Philadelphia is awfully good. I, I'm, yeah. still, I'm still in that. I'm still in that category of people who doesn't think they've been challenged, and maybe that's just totally not fair. I mean, we know what happened to the 49ers. The Giants didn't offer up much resistance. Um, you know, I, I just think the Chiefs have had a much tougher road to get there, but that doesn't mean that the Eagles just aren't that good, and that's why they haven't been challenged because they're just that good, and uh, they'll have a chance to prove it on Sunday for sure. A couple little cleanup notes before we get to Annie. Uh, you mentioned David Peralta. Um, he gets a contract worth $6.5 million, $8 million worth with incentive. So he's got a chance to make some money. A few notes on the trades. One being Gary Payton the second. He went from Portland to Golden State, did not pass his physical. He's going to be out extra another two to three months because of an mm. abdominal, te- ad, 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 man, abdominal. An abdominal tear is what yes. I was trying to say. And the reports that Russell Westbrook would never step foot in Utah, apparently he's had some great conversations with the Jazz and open to all possibilities. So, um, some of those trades that, that went through certainly uh, have not at least come together the way I think everybody thought they would, um, at least so far. So um, we'll see how those things uh, fall apart. I don't know if you guys saw this. The Browns owner, uh, football Browns, right? I think it's Haslam. Is, I think Haslam. Haslam is Jimmy the owner. Haslam. He is uh, seeking 25% stake in the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, I don't know about you guys. If I'm the owner of Milwaukee Bucks, I don't know if I want him uh, infiltrating my uh, my organization. No. There's nothing good about the Browns at this point. I'm just saying. like Nothing he, good uh, about the Browns. And, I mean, that's the organization that you know made a bunch of excuses to bring in Deshaun Watson. It's really difficult right. to be supportive of that team. But I can understand why he wants a piece of the Bucks because he knows dang well he's never going to win anything as owner of the Browns. So he's trying. It's a very good point. All right. Without further ado, let's get to Annie Halbram first. Let's check a little traffic. Nothing disappointing about what the Padres and uh, the organization pulled off this weekend. Annie Heilbrunn from the San Diego Union Tribune joins us here on Gwyn and Chris, and uh, it's always great to have you on, Annie. Uh, I don't know how you could describe the Fan Fest or the caravan on Friday as anything but an amazing success, not only from the Padres' side, but for the fans to come out in that kind of number uh, just shows that, uh, you know what, we do have some pretty good Padre fans in this town, huh? Tony, Chris, it is it's great to hear your voices, by the way. I, I would have loved to get Tony's autograph at FanFest, but there was just too many people. There was, that line was too long. Well, he also had security with him. Okay, yeah, exactly. All right, but, but, uh, but yes, we'll talk about that. But it it was great to have those two events back to back because I think it just really fired San Diego up. It just felt like, okay, baseball season is here. They did so many great things in the community on Friday. There were just like so many great moments. And, and um, I think the players really had a good time doing that. 
And then on Saturday, you know, you hit him with a fan fest and, you know, it was, it was this, this chaos that I don't think anyone ever totally imagined how, how many people would actually not only show up, but stay for pretty much, it seemed like most of the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, it just really goes to show you like how excited the city is for this team. And honestly, like, I don't think it even hit me. You know, we saw those photos going around of the big four and things like that, you know, after that event. I don't think it hit me that all these guys are on the same team until I saw those photos and all of them together on one stage and things like that. And it was like, okay, like, now you're you're starting to really get excited for the season and what might come. Yeah, it's funny you said that because I, I thought the same thing. Until that photo was posted of all four of them on the stage, I don't think it had really hit me. Until that very moment, and it is a, it is, it's a nice, it's a nice thing to wake up to for sure to have <laughs> those four guys sharing a stage. And I want to ask you a little bit about the caravan because that was really yeah. unannounced, um, and it wasn't just the group that you mentioned and and Juan Soto and Jake Cronenworth and Tim Hill. They had other caravans going around the city. Just talk a little bit about your experience with the group that you traveled with. Yeah, it was really cool. So you're right. There was there were 15 players total, and then the group that I was hanging around with was um, yeah, Jake Cronenworth, Tim Hill, Juan Soto, and Ethan Salas. And but then there were all these other players, including Manny Machado, you Darvish, Fernando Tatis Jr., Joe Musgrove, um, Xander Bogarts. I mean, the list goes on and on. That were making stops because they were in other groups. So they went to South. Um, South San Diego Central and also East San Diego. And I believe a little bit into North County. I'm not sure exactly how far they got on that, but to hospitals, to schools, to um, a military base, and then also to um, just drop-ins. Like there was an hour that they walked the streets in the gas lamp, that they walked the streets in Little Italy, um, and were just hanging out. So it was really cool in that sense. They got a little bit of that organic feel where if you were just, you know, hanging, if you were just in, in, in the right place at the right time, you were going to catch one of these guys. And, you know, you, you never see them in that kind of atmosphere where yeah. Juan Soto is standing at a pizza parlor, you know, in little Italy trying to get himself a piece of pizza and other, you know, other people that are just eating their food over there and, and having fun with him, things like that. Um, he took someone, someone was driving around shouting his name and they finally parked <laughs> and got out, went up to him, had on a Dodgers hat. He took the hat, he threw it to Ethan and he gave her his Padres hat so it was just these little fun moments but then I, it was fun because I was with them for the school and for um the Petco pet store as well and so at the school you can just imagine how yeah. nuts these kids went I mean it was they you there were 50 kids around these guys at all time but but Juan played the piano at one point a cafeteria worker kissed him on the cheek um Jake was playing soccer and racing all the kids you know, Tim and Ethan were having a bunch of fun. And then at the pet store, Tim was holding a cat. And, you know, Jake was learning about fish. And, and Juan was trying to avoid a snake. And, I mean, it was just all these fun little <laughs> moments that you never get to see. But one thing that did stand out to me, too, is Juan Soto. Like, this guy, his personality, I, I think having him now for a full year and him coming back in and feeling comfortable, he is funny. He's got a funny personality. I think him and Fernando, once they get going – are going to have a heck of a lot of fun out there. Um, but we, I got to see a lot more of Juan Soto's personality, which which is a kick. The great Padres reporter, you see her down at the, all the Padre games, also uh, writes uh, from time to time at the San Diego Union Tribune. Our friend Annie Heilbrunn is with us. And I know you wrote about this in your story Saturday, Annie, but 
talk about the genesis of the caravan and the Padres' idea and, you know, getting the players to buy into this. I mean, you, you, you have your, yeah. your fan fest on Saturday, but the caravan, I mean, from what I've seen in the past, not Padres, but just in general, you're lucky to get one star player to commit to doing a caravan like this. Every single Padre player committed to this caravan, and basically they gave two days of themselves with Friday and Saturday together. Yeah, that's what was so interesting about it because you guys know, and I know it sounds, you know, especially for Tony, whose dad was always willing to do community events, it sounds like, oh gosh, okay, these guys are giving two days. But in this day and age, it's it's kind of a lot. Like you're asking, they're, they're just used to having this off-season time to be with their families. They give so much time away from their families during the year, and then they're so close to going to spring training that to ask them to do those two days um, in a row was was a little bit more of an ask, you know, and everybody was caught, everybody realized that, but the players bought in right away. And for all the superstars to buy in like that, and really the whole genesis of it was to thank San Diego. We want to go around. We want to thank San Diego. Some some of those stops, you know, are, are kids and fire stations and PD and hospitals, but some of them are just organic on the streets things. And they didn't want the public to know about it a, because we saw what happened in FanFest, they right. would have been mobbed. Um, but B, also they wanted it to feel grassroots. It was very important to them for it to feel organic and, and grassroots. And like you just might run into one of your favorite players that day. So um, it, it made for it to be very fun, I think, because people, word of mouth got around a little bit and people were, were, were showing up that knew the locations. But for the most part, it was also just, you know, random people that just happened to be there at the right time. And so... Um, I think that was a lot of fun for players and they got to be with each other. I think that helps too in terms of camaraderie and just building a little bit of a, of a relationship even before you're going to spring training, especially with them going to the WBC, like that could be helpful as well. But it does speak a lot to the team and the players and everybody involved, the community relations department at, at, at the Padres, um, that they were able to get so many players, the superstar players, because you're right, in the past, that's really your guys that, that probably aren't starting every game. You know, you might get one of those guys, but you're definitely not getting a majority of them, and that's really what the Padres had to this caravan, which was really cool. These are the sacrifices of having a good team. You know, you got to yeah. make those type of sacrifices <laughs> where the superstars come out. Annie Halbert joins us, Padres reporter. You see her on the sideline there. You see her. Uh, occasionally you read her writing in the uh, Union Tribune. Annie, I, I, you, you mentioned superstars, and you and Kevin Acey did a, a terrific piece on on really Fernando and him kind of uh, getting back into the groove of thing with his teammates, particularly Joe Musgrove. Just talk about what you saw with your own eyes when you got a chance to go down there and watch those guys work in terms of Fernando kind of getting back into the groove of thing with his teammates. Yeah, th- thank you for that. And it, it was really cool to, to be out there and to see him looking more like himself. Um, I think that the last year or two, we had kind of not seen the same Fernando Tatis Jr. that we saw that came into the league um, with Eric Hosmer and Manny Machado that first year and everything. And, you know, of course people are going to grow and they're going to change and things like that. But he had, he had lost a little bit of that kind of light that he had had. And um, I think part of that too was, was the injuries. I think it was the, how quickly he rose to superstardom. I think there was a lot going on, but at the pool, he was, he was mellow, he was quiet, he was focused, but then Fernando. 
Yeah. He was having a good time. He was racing Joe Musgrove. He was doing a little trash talk. And what was cool about the, the pool setting was it wasn't just baseball players. It was also professional. It was the class is designed for elite professional athletes. So there were MMA fighters. There were um, rugby, professional rugby players. There was some NFL people. So it's cool because they were all able to sort of support each other and be in this environment where you're not, it's less physical than people think because right. actually these guys see it as like a, almost like a rest day, which cracks me up because, you know, I, I, I would drown in there, but, <laughs> but they, you know what I mean? But they're, they're, you know, for them, it's easy on their joints. It's easy on their muscles. It's really more about mentally being able to get to that next level. And it's really you against you. It's not you against the guy next to you. It's, it's how can you tap into bettering yourself that day? And so, they really liked that. That whole element of it was really great and really cool. But in talking to Fernando, I, I really wasn't sure what we were going to get. And um, he was, you know, he, it was clear that he felt like it was clear that he was still holding on to the scars of last year, right. but that he was also ready to move forward and that he was confident. And I mean, he, the, the, the surgeries that he had, he feels good about. Um, the, I think the, the emotional and mental, you know, growth that he's had over the last six months or last year, he also feels good about, I think in the long run, this might be a period. And of course there's many years that are, are you know, he's going to have to continue to show that, but, um, this might be something that was good for him. No one ever wants to go through that, but it also seems to have reset him in some ways. And so, um, I, I think that he's in a good place mentally and he's in a good place where he understands that like the only thing that matters right now is his work. You know, he can talk about it and he does talk about it and he hasn't shied away from any question he's been asked, but he also realizes, okay, I got to go out there and I got to show it. You know, I got to show that I'm committed to doing the things behind the scenes that I need to do to being a good teammate, to being a good, you know, ambassador to the organization and also to myself that I'm going to, you know, show myself that I'm able to recover from this. Um, and so it was fun to see that. You know, I, I asked him, I think you guys are going to kick out of this. Like, do you, should you give yourself some time? Like, you know, you might not be able to go from zero to a hundred right away. Like maybe give yourself like a grace period. And he just kind of laughed at me, you know, like the stupidest question he's ever heard, <laughs> you know, and, um, and cause he, you know, of why like he, he knows how to play baseball. He knows how to go out there and do what he does. And so I just thought in that sense, it was good. It was good for him to, to, to feel that confidence. Because I think in the last few years, those surgeries, uh, I'm sorry, those injuries, um, they really inhibited him in terms of playing the game the way he likes to play it. And I think that now he feels like he can get back to doing that, and that's giving him, giving him more confidence as well. One thing I learned in this discussion with Annie Heilbrunn, if I run into Juan Soto, I want to be wearing a Dodger hat. <laughs> the reason is... Because You'll at the hit. end, I'll end up with Juan Soto's Padre hat. Right. And that's what I'll want in the first place. I always keep a Dodger hat handy in case you want Juan Soto out there. That's pretty cool that he gave the fan his own his own Padre hat. What a, what a weekend it was for the Padres. Annie, it's going to be an amazing season. We can't wait. 18 days to the first spring training game. Are we going to oh see you God. down at spring training at all? Yeah, that's the, that's the plan, guys, and I can't wait to see you at Petco for the season. It, it should be a lot of fun. It should be very entertaining, too, so it, it'll be great to see you both. All right, we look forward Thank to you, it. Thanks, Annie. Annie. As always, great talking with you. After a long week, it has come to an end. I want you guys to all be safe. Enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday. We'll be back at it again on Monday. Thank you, Frank. Frank, nice work. You guys enjoy the weekend. Good night. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.